Welcome to this week's episode of the Life of the Bridal podcast. Please remember that we are not professional tipsters and always, always gamble responsibly. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Life on the Bridal podcast. I'm your host, Will Taylor, and joining me are our two resident guests. We have Mr. Jack Holden. Evening. And Mr. Josh Bursley. Good evening. We here at uh, Life on the Bridal have a mission, and that is to provide a new, refreshing voice into the racing atmosphere. Uh, too many people, we find, are being turned off by some of the negative headlines you hear in horse racing all the time. And it's our job to be a voice for everybody, whether you've uh, never placed a bet in your life or whether you're a serial punter on the day in, day out. Um, we're here to provide that fresh new voice. Um, gentlemen who are with, with me today, um, if you could just briefly introduce yourselves to uh, to our audience. We'll start with Jack. Evening everyone, um, Jack Holden. I consider myself a relative novice to the horse racing game, only really been involved for four or five years or so. But uh, first first meeting was a Sandown finals day, and really the atmosphere and everything really captured the imagination. I've gone with it ever since, been some great race days, seen some great horses run, and hopefully bring some uh, reasonable horse racing knowledge to you, some decent chat and we'll uh, see how it goes and Josh yeah I'm relatively new to the game as well I was first time out at uh, the Clarence House meeting at Ascot in 2019 seeing Altior in one of his uh, winning run and it just captivated me I love that moment and I've been invested in the game ever since I'm massively into my handicaps. I love a big field and I love finding a big price winner. Yes, if I could sum up our two uh, fine guests in just a simple phrase regarding their punting, I'd say Jack is uh, JBF, just back favourites. <laughs> <laughs> and Josh, it's just big prices wherever he can. Um, you've heard All their... about the value. All about the value. <laughs> um You've heard their uh, introduction to racing. I'll just give you a quick intro to mine. My very first uh, meet that I went to was an, was an all-weather card at Kempton. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say, I mean, I'm, this is I'm not to be laughed at. The very first punt I had, I think, was an all-weather card at Chelmsford. And uh, just sums it all up, really. Um, um, anyway, we uh, here at Life on the Bridal will... Um, well, we are on the socials. You'll find us on Twitter and Instagram. So uh, please do uh, send in any questions you have to us and we'll get back to you. Uh, we'll do what we'll try our best uh, to answer them, but we'll, we'll, we'll go up with something. Anyway, uh, let's get right into it. Uh, last weekend, well, the weekend that's just been, we had some top racing and indeed we had a cracking card. Well, a cracky is one way of putting it. Card at Ascot. And there was one particular race that I think caught everybody's eye. And that was indeed the Bet for Betfair Ascot Chase, where we provide some live race commentary. And uh, you'll be able to hear it now. You join us uh, for our live race commentary from Ascot. We've got the uh, Betfair Ascot Chase. Um, an exciting <laughs> renewal. Um, 
I say that with um, trying to keep a straight face. Um, we've uh, got with me uh, Josh. Uh, no Jack, uh, unfortunately. Jack's unfortunately away. Um, Josh, um, what are your thoughts of the head of the race today? Yeah, it's an interesting renewal, isn't it? Um, you could argue that it's a better review renewal than we've had in past years, but oh, I, don't, I don't really see how anyone could get involved in this massively from a betting perspective. There aren't many angles. I think it's just for us, for us British people, a chance to find out whether Shishkin could be what he once promised. Mm. And if you're Irish, you're thinking, oh, fuck it, Udry. could he do it again? Another Ascot chase. Because I think they're going to go on to the Ryanair with him. Yeah. And if he can win this, it's a nice stepping stone. The ground's not too heavy. So it's a really interesting race. I'm sure we'll find out plenty for it, which will inform us at the Spring Festivals. Exactly, exactly. And with the news of Alaho not being in the Ryanair, um, the race suddenly sees, although, of course, we hadn't raced at all. I mean, not that Alaho would have won. I'm not saying that at all. But the race just seems a little bit more open now. So it'll be interesting to see how these how these go. I, my 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 interest in this is purely just to see really how Shishkin goes. I've not had a punt. Um, again, I agree with you. There's no real angle. Um, it'll just be interesting to see. And of course, Nicky said that um, if he's got this wrong, this call that Shishkin will stay, will end up getting supplemented for the champion chase anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> and Matt Chapman will be happy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it could. I don't think this race will open up the Ryanair picture any more than it already is. I think we'll have some answers at the end of this race. What we'll find out, we don't know yet, but hopefully it will be something useful. Yeah. <laughs> and instead we'll just have... Uh, the, the, the only way we will never know is if Shishkin blows out early or something like he's done before. Yeah, yeah. Um they're at the start now. Should we just do a quick run through of the prices? So we've got yeah. Fakir Dudari, who is now favourite, seven to four. Shishkin fifteen to eight. Pick Dorhi three to one, and fourteens bar. What do you think about Pick Dorhi? Ah, uh, um, it's interesting. I, I'm not. I'm not too. I'm not. I'm not buying. I'm not buying it. There was some. There was some hype earlier on in the in the week. Um. Was it favourite earlier in the week? It just shows that I'm not really being on top I, of the market. I'm not sure, to be honest. I don't think... I think he might have been, actually. I think, I think yeah, there, I there was some doubt over whether Shishkin would go over the ground and yeah. Well, yeah, Bakir some... would go if he wants to go to the Ryanair. Yeah, I mean, there was there was doubt this morning that whether Shishkin was going to run in this. I was seeing it was all over Twitter. I now see Shishkin's 2-1, to one, some late drift. Um, no, I can understand that. Maybe that's just people just slightly... Well, I, I think there's been a little bit of late money for Fakir Dudari, which might explain the slight pushing out of Chishkin. But I expect them to go off fairly a fairly close price. Yeah, and yeah. have a nice battle. But they are they look like they are now approaching the starter. In fact, the starter does have his flag raised. Hopefully, they get off well, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a six runner race. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure that you'd, you'd have any case for a false start here. Yeah, I know, but. They're approaching the tape and they're off. And Fakir Dudari looked a little yeah. bit awkward at the start, didn't he? Yeah, he did. That was just a bit odd, but I'm I'm sure everything's going to be okay there. 
I mean, we're coming up to the first fence now. We've got I right in front from Pick Dorhey. Fakadudari is on the outside of first flow, followed by Shishkin, and then Miller's Bank just going up on the inside now. So it's a reasonably closely packed together field. Uh, is this how you expected the race to look, Will? Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Exactly like this. I mean, it's just going to be... I reckon it will look pretty similar to this for most of the way around, and then it'll... Then it'll um, breakouts uh coming up to the final uh i mean it almost could be a little bit of a game of cat and mouse who goes first who makes a move exactly exactly shishkin looks like he's jumping okay though yeah that looked that looked quite nice it looked quite comfortable he was jumping out to his left um during the tingle creek mm. doing that now he's not maybe slightly adjusting to his left but not yeah. massively as he was at sandown there's there's nothing there that, I, that i'd be seeing that would that, would, that was really catching my eye. It's looking quite natural. It's looking quite good. Yeah, Pit Door, he's jumping nicely as well. I write that to Given on the inside. He's leading, of course he is. And Fakir is jumping okay as well. Everything seems to be jumping well. So it's re- if they all carry on like this, it'll be a really interesting finish to the race. But they're coming yeah. into the home straight for the first time now. And we've still got the pair up in front, I write and Pit Door, he. And... They are followed by um, a line of four horses at the back. Yeah. So they're over the fence, two furlongs out. And Ooh. first flow has unseated his rider there. So we're down to five runners. First flow was just marginally uh, the back marker of the field when that happened. So that uh, promotes Miller's Bank into fifth place. But he has now become a little bit detached first yeah. flow is absolutely fine he's jumping the fences behind the rest of the field yeah yeah yeah. miller's bank yeah not looking great i would also say i don't think fak is looking too comfortable actually though whether that's just the the from where, where when i've been looking because i've just I, been I'll, I'll be honest with you he hasn't looked comfortable in his two races this season he ran in yeah. the john durkin behind Galapan. yeah and he ran oh well, he won um he won the race where hoton couleur probably would have won if he'd stayed yeah. on his feet yeah um it, it it's interesting he, he's going okay shishkin definitely looks like he's going better at this stage mm. as they as they have crossed the finish line and they're out moving down towards swinley bottom shishkin is jumping up alongside and is actually looking like he's going on now yeah of course you know we yeah. There's still a long way to go, and Shishkin hasn't has will going to places he hasn't been before. But he's looking comfortable as it is. I mean, don't want to put the mockers on. Of course, I mentioned I mentioned the form with um with Oton Kalur, and Oton Kalur coincidentally has just been beaten over at Gorham Park into second by Janadil. Oh, interesting. So maybe that race could time with this one, but I'm not sure oh. what they're going to do with Oton Kalur oh, now. Shishkin yeah, looks to be going up nicely. Pit Dorhey is leading. Yeah, I right and Miller's Bank both being nudged along. Bakadudery, I'm not quite sure what's going on there. He's on the outside at the back. He's still well in touch. He's not been asked any questions. I'm not sure whether he's just being waited with mm. or whether there is something wrong, whether he's not what he quite once was. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think Pit Dorhey's looking quite... He's looking relatively comfortable as well. He um, is, yes. So we've got Pit Door. He's gone on by a length or so to Shishkin on the Ooh, outside. That was a jump. That was a 
bit of a mistake there. Yeah, we've got I right in behind now. Fakaluderi is now moving up to be just in behind Shishkin. He's going okay, although he is starting to be shoved along a little bit. Pit Dorhi is still going the best of these as they take the third last fence. And it's Shishkin and Pick Dorhi jumping it together. For me, oh, sorry to interject there, Josh. For me, it's a question now. Does Shishkin stay? If Shishkin can stay, he can get this. But Pick Dorhi's looking quite comfortable. He does. He does. Fakir will obviously stay on as well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens here. So we've got Shishkin on the outside of Pick Dorhi as they go towards the second last fence shishkin looks like he's gone on by a half a length out there as they jump the fence perfectly together shishkin is now motoring he's gone on by one length now it's two as they come down towards the last nico asking him for it gets the jump he wants and yeah shishkin there we is go over in the lead questions answered and shishkin goes on by a widening margin 10 <laughs> lengths clear of pick Dorhi in second to land the Betfair Ascot chase. Well, there we there go. We have it. I, I, have to say, I thought Shishkin looked really good throughout. And I, the only question was, is, is he going to stay? And, he, and he's easy. Um, it begs the question, though, could Shishkin be a gold cup horse? Well, <laughs> it's always one of those things where when a, when a horse first comes on, it was like, and, and it looks good, at, uh, you know, Say at the festival winning a winning a race, it was like, oh, could this? Could they go on and do something? Could they want to be a gold cup horse? Uh, you know, maybe, maybe. Let's see. Let's see. It's still got the Ryanair to go first. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's it's wonderful that he's won that. And Nicky's got a few tears there. Yeah. Really, 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 really and happy. Nick, and Nicky's been vindicated. He has been. People were saying, "What earth are you doing?" Um, I mean, Matt Chapman, obviously the loudest one, Kelsey Priest, but um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, I thought that was very impressive. I mean, yeah, okay, maybe you could say the um, opposition wasn't incredible, but no, Pictor is a good horse. Pictor is what I'd call a good yardstick. If you yeah. can beat him, you put yourself in the picture, and Absolutely. that's exactly what has been done there. So very, very nice victory for Shishkin. Fakaduderi looks a little bit laboured back in third. Not quite sure what that means for him going forward. They they were thinking of going to the Ryanair after that. I'm not so sure they will. They might just go straight to the marsh, the Melling at uh, Aintree. Yeah, yeah, he gets a bit of stick, but I thought he wrote, that was a good ride for Nico, actually. Yeah, definitely a good ride, actually. Um, he didn't ask too many questions of Shishkin, let him do his own thing. And at the end of the day, he's won it well. He's won yeah. it really well. Yeah, that was good. Well, that was the Ascot chase, and that was live commentary. Shishkin, back with a bang. Jack, uh, you weren't with us there, but what can you can provide us some reaction to uh, what we witnessed? Oh, I, well, anti-post betting slips are looking quite good, I have to say. Um, but apart from that, really impressive. I fancied Pick Doyle before, before the start, at the beginning of the day. He, but he just had nothing. Shishkin just found that extra gear. And it's getting back to the the best risking which we saw win twice at the Cheltenham Festival. And he's found his distance, I think. I think between two miles, I'd say five, two miles five and three miles three, I think that is where Shishkin's going to be winning a lot of races in the future. Uh, Fakir Duderi has been found out finally. It's been 
He's had a lot of he's had success at Grade One level, but he's never really beaten much. And I think finally he's found come across Shishkin, who back to his best has destroyed him, and Pete Dorhey, who is a new horse and has really really picked up his game this season, but just not quite good enough. So, if you were Nicky Henderson, uh, and you were and you were in. And is the powers in your hands? Are you sending Shishkin to the Ryanair, where he's a mere evens fave now, or are you taking the gamble and going to the Gold Cup? Um, putting my anti-post bet slips to one side, uh, it has to be the Ryanair. You can't send a horse to a Gold Cup having never run the distance before, I don't think, and still he's fourth. That's that race. What he ran was four furlong short of a Gold Cup distance. So, he hasn't had the distance. I think I, there's I think there's one horse in the Gold Cup who will destroy him. I think. I But the Ryanair is there to be won. And Why can I ask who that horse is? For the Gold Cup? A Galapin de Champ. Nothing more. Uh, so, a horse who... As you just said, you can't go to the Gold Cup if you haven't run the distance. Is a horse that is going to the Gold Cup having not run the distance. But he's run three miles. There's a difference between three and two miles six. There is. I agree. But at the end of the day, you, you don't know until you try it. And is Nicky Henderson going to wait a year to send Shishkin to the Gold Cup when he's 10? I don't think so. I think he might take the chance and I'd love to see it. Yeah, well, well, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we'll, we'll find out. I mean, I have to say, I think we are gonna go with the Ryanair. But um, gents, there was all, there was some other racing at the weekend as well. Um, we had some uh, interesting results at, at uh, you said Funwell, well, <laughs> just say Wincanton. It was the Kingwell, Kingwell hurdle at Wincanton, not at Funwell. Where uh, Nigel Twiston Davis had a nice winner on. Uh, I like I like to move it. Who's now the well in some markets the fourth favourite for the champion hurdle? Yeah, really really good race actually. Um, a little bit disappointed I didn't get involved because I did think I like to move it could put it up to him and I was a bit surprised about his price. But I was having a bit of a quiet weekend so didn't really touch it. He just he went on really really well into the straight and it was never in doubt was it will he get close to constitution hill and champion hurdle potentially not but i'd like to see him have a go jack do you have any particular thoughts on that one not really i think it's just a real instinct initial you know surge in the betting markets after a relatively well-known race i think these 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 hurdle races, you get month six weeks before the festival. Though. Inconsequential for me personally. Mm-hmm. I will say, there's, I will say, oh, I think the anti-post betting is still like twenty-two to one or something. So it's not really big. Surf. Well, if it's twenty-two to <laughs> if it's twenty-two to one, it's a small field. Some bookmakers may give you three places. I doubt there are going to be more than eight runners. So if there's seven, you'll get two places. You can get three places in a seven-runner race. That's exceptional value. And if it's 22s, go for it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, Josh, what else caught your eye at the weekend? Well, 
Oh, as you know, I love a big handicap, and we had the, the Grand National Trial at the weekend, which was a fantastic spectacle up at Haydock. It's a great race every year. And Quick Wave won for Venetia Williams, a really, really likeable mare who won really, really well. I unfortunately uh, went down battling in second as I was on Snow Leopardess. Um, but Cloud again, Glenn again for Venetia Williams running a really good race in third as well. So it's a really, really good race. And I'd just like to throw an honourable mention out there for Bristol DeMay, who ran yeah. the race. He loves Haydock and has just been retired today. And yeah. an exceptional career. I think the highlight of which is probably his three Haydock um, ch- Betfair chases. But he also came third in the Gold Cup to yeah, Albert yeah. which yeah. was a fantastic achievement, and he's been a great horse. So, here, here. Um, Jack, well, uh, anything uh, in particular catching your eye? In the Grand National Handicap Trial? Yeah. No, didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we're about, folks. Honesty <laughs> and straight talking. We say it as it is. Um, <laughs> uh, Josh, uh, Captain Orwell at the weekend. Yeah, really, really good win, actually. Um, Christian oh. Williams' horses have been I think, in the doldrums, is how I would put it, this season. They've not been running particularly well. And Captain Nord won that race really, really well by seven lengths. It's always, it's always interesting watching a handicap chase round Ascot. You know, you'd never quite get the result you expect. And no. it, was a, it was a really, really good race. I really enjoyed it. That's his second big pot of the year, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, he's racking them up. And... I don't. I don't think. Looking at um, the horse in behind, he might go up a little bit for it, but he is ten, so he's not going to go up a huge amount for it. He um, he did come seconds to Cooper's Cross over at Doncaster in January, uh, so he's, he's clearly a horse in form. Right, gents. We uh, move on to our next segment. It's an exciting new segment led by. Uh... Led by Mr. Mr. Jack Holden. Please go forth and explain. Thank you. Um, people love lists. Uh, my, my, my market research, listening to various US sports podcasts, people desperate for lists. So, at the weekend, I asked these two, excluding Cheltenham, can they give me their top five favourite national hunt race courses in the United Kingdom and, and Ireland. There we go. Didn't think about it. France was, but we haven't been to Cannes, Mayor or Otoy. So. <laughs> and, and, and do you know what I said? I said, no, I can't think of five amazing national hunt race courses, so I've included a couple of flat ones. <laughs> so, oh, right. I, there you go. <laughs> shows, how much, shows how much attention I've paid to this. But, so, but again, that shows we're all about just honesty and saying as it is. Um, <laughs> so, I would just, uh, I would just say uh, when I was doing my prep, I forgot that um, forgot that Cheltenham shouldn't be included, and that was obviously number one. Um, but I will just say Cheltenham <laughs> is one of the great sporting venues I think in the world. That's I, I, I will I will argue that to the day I die. Um, okay, well I presume we'll go from five to one. Yeah, go five to one. Josh, do you want to go for number five? I, you know what? I put number five in as Chester. Might shock some of you, 
You know I'm not massive on the flat, and Chester's a bit of a bit of a kind of you love it or you hate it race course. Yeah. But I, I just think they've got a great reputation for the welcome they give the fans and the owners, and that should only be applauded. PJ McDonald is it PJ McDonald from Stall One? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Will number five. Uh, my number five is Nace. I think it's. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm not just going to say my five is nice. I will quickly. I just think it's probably one of the best courses in Ireland. I think it's. I think it's picturesque setting, and it uh, you often get and you get some good runners there. Josh, number four. Again, this is another one uh, for the welcome they give the punters, the welcome they give the owners. It's another flat course. And you know what? They've got a really, really good reputation for being really fair pricing. And I think it's really, really good for trying to get more people into the sport. And that's York race course. Um, independently run and they do a fantastic job. Yeah, I've heard very similar things. Will, number four. I will actually say, Josh has almost convinced me there. Uh, I, I don't have York on my list, but I think that's a very, very good shout. Um, very, some fantastic flat meetings as well, York. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Four is actually a course that I'm not, I'm, I don't really like very much, but I think just because of the, the power it has and the allure of, of the history, I almost felt like I had to put it in, even though I don't really like it. And I, I'm, apologies to anyone from the area. Uh, it's just, it's, <laughs> um, but four is new market. It's just because it's the, you know, some people consider it the home of, of British racing. It's not my favourite course, but I just think I had to have it in there. Your, is it one of your top five favourite places, or just? <laughs> um, I wouldn't possibly comment. <laughs> I, Josh, I, 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 I think you just love being a member of Parliament, there, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, num- number three, home of the sticky toffee pudding. Yes, that's right. I've gone to Cartmel. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness me! I, I, wow. I know I know you thought I'd go Ascot, Kempton, those kind of places, but no, up to Cartmel. Again, they give everyone a really, really good welcome up there. And whilst the racing's not always high class, it is always competitive. And um, w- watch out for James Moffat is all I would say. Uh, is this number three? Yes, it is number three. Um, <laughs> I've actually I've gone over to Ireland again. Um, I've gone Punchestown. Um, I was, it was, it was, I was weighing up whether I was going to have Leopardstown in there, and I just don't think Leopardstown's all that exciting. Of course, it was Dublin Racing Festival, but I don't think it's all that exciting. I think the Punchestown Festival is very, very good, uh, and uh, there, are, you know, Ireland needs the representation. I think it's a, I think it's a good course. Punchestown number three for me. And Josh, what's going to be your number two pick? Well, it's my local course, fabulous race course. It's Newbury. Um, although they do have a little bit of a reputation for charging quite a steep price to get in, I think once you're in there, there's great viewing access for the parade ring, great viewing access for the track. I, there's some really good racing there across the year as well. You've got you've got like uh, the old Hennessy, uh, the Hennessy Chase, and you've got the the Betfair Hurdle. Some really really competitive racing, and it's a really lovely place to go. I feel I haven't been to Newbury. I feel like it is a bit of former glory about it. I think it needs to needs a couple. It needs a big race. It needs to hold a big race. I think they need to put some put a big prize pot together for a 
a grade one or a grade two. Will, your second, your number two pick. This is going to surprise a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going down to Utopia. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Our toxic I've just had a number of winners there. <laughs> I've had a number of winners there. Uh, I always enjoy watching a, a race there. Um, that's my second. Purely from punting perspective. <laughs> No comment. <laughs> I, mean, I, I always love watching a finish to a two-mile handicap hurdle at Doxeter. Always, they always finish so quick. It's always a great watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a specialist band club, that Josh. <laughs> Josh, your first pick, excluding Cheltenham, the best race course in Great Britain, Northern Ireland, and the Republic. I'm I'm not sure if this will be the same as Will. Because he hasn't mentioned this race course yet either. And I, I'm i convinced I that this is my favourite race course. I think I know what you're going to say. And it's Sandown. I absolutely I love Sandown. Sandown. And it's, it's you know, the location's <laughs> fine. The people are fine. Will's quickly just, scribbling something down. But just as, as a day out at Sandown, they have some fantastic racing there across yeah. the year. You always get a really good welcome. And I really like the layout of the course. And it's a really lovely place to go and have a nice day. I've never enjoyed, apart from going to Cheltenham, a race day as much as I have at Sandown. Yeah, I agree. It's the first race course I ever went to. You know, you always remember you first. Well, <laughs> well if we're going one first, then, I, then my favourite's got to be Kempton, but specifically the all-weather track. Um, <laughs> which I will say we did not make my list. Likes it rough. And no offence to the people of the area, but um, it can be quite bleak on Friday night. Um, <laughs> now, some people might say, we wonder why I haven't got Ascot in there, but... Um, some great meets, and it's a Royal Ascot's a great British occasion, but I think actually sometimes it can leave a lot to be desired. But my number one is just like Josh, Sandown. I think it's a great course. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed. Actually, I've, I've only been there once, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's much small, much smaller, much more enclosed, and you and you feel that like there's a real atmosphere. I think it's a great place to be. So we all agree that in the future, if we were to sponsor a race, it would have to be one at Sandown. Yeah, I think so. That's where this podcast is going. Yes, the <laughs> the oh, oh, on the uh, and I life on the bridal sponsors. <laughs> I, I reckon we don't we only get a maiden race, I think. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but we take that. <laughs> right, we've got uh, another weekend of racing. We've got some meets at Newcastle and Kempton in particular. Um, we've got a couple of uh, handicaps, and we're going to hand over to our handicap expert to discuss the Ida and the at Newcastle. Uh, first of all, um, Josh, what are your thoughts? Well, uh, the the Ida's always a fairly interesting race. It's over the Grand National trip, really four miles, one and a half furlongs, and it's. It's a really competitive race, and there's a horse that has been entered in there, and I believe this is the plan, grounds dependent, of course, uh, but I believe this is the plan to go here, and this is French Paradox. And if you've seen this horse run before, you will know that this is one of the best jumpers of the horse, uh, jumpers of the jumpers of the fence in the game. He's a really, really good jumper, and. It just means he doesn't come under pressure in his races too early. He travels really strongly 
into his races. And so far, he's been doing that over three miles. He's been running at Weatherby, Folar, and he has run at Newcastle. And he won at Newcastle last time out. And he won really, really convincingly. Uh, he is off very nearly top weight in this race. And he does have to give £8 to Kitty's life, which would be a slight concern. However, he's a rapidly improving horse. And the Oliver Sinew team have mentioned that next season the Grand National could be the target. And if they're talking about horse in that light, I think he's got a really, really good chance of winning it. I mean, we've got some really good horses in the race, but I'm I'm not sure anyone will lay their hands on French Paradox. Perhaps the two amigos, but I think he needs similar ground. Yeah, I just look at French Paradox one three times in the last year. Um, knows how to get a job done, that's for sure. Um, the, the next race we're going to talk about, the three o'clock at Kempton. Um, Josh, what stands out for you? Yeah, it's, it's the Coral Trophy. Um, again, it's a it's a competitive race if the field holds up. I don't know how many of these will actually go here. Kitty's Light is also in here as well. So they're definitely looking to run Kitty's Light. This weekend, and with Captain Ord winning last weekend, Kitty's Light does have to be on your radar. But I do expect Kitty's Light to go up to Newcastle. Captain Nord's in here as well. Um, fresh off his win at Ascot, but I don't expect him to Surely go. too soon. To, yeah, definitely too soon. So the, the one that's caught my eye is Remastered. Now, I love Remastered as a horse, but he has had a little bit of trouble getting the job done. And... That was until this season, where he's actually won twice from four starts with half-length second to Limilos and one pulled-up run in a hurdle race. And he won the race at, uh, over Christmas at Kempton. It was a very similar three-mile handicap chase. He beat Tile Tapper by four and three-quarter lengths into second that day. And Tile Tapper has actually just today gone and won a race franking that form, albeit a slightly lesser affair, has still gone and won. So really impressed there, really good form. And the the thing is, is that Remastered's actually won that race, despite practically being faced the wrong way when the starter dropped his flag. It was a really, really weird start to the race. And I I backed him that day and I wasn't I wasn't sure what was going on, but he must he must have lost at least five five lengths at the start, perhaps a little bit more. So I was really impressed by the attitude he showed to win that day. And I think later down the line, that, that bodes well for his potential bid at uh, the Grand National as well. Uh, just just a, another mention for one at a, a biggish prize. Jack Amar is a horse I really like for Milton Harris. Great racehorse trainer. And um, if he runs, he's sure to be staying on later in the day. Mm-hmm. Would your worry with Remastered not be that he's which is going to be carrying a lot more than the others. I mean, it rather depends on who goes for the race, because you've got Frodon in there. Um, and Frodon would be top weight, and he'd have yeah. to give Remastered £9. So I wouldn't worry about that at all. OK. Fair enough. Well, it's just like, if you look, if you look at the difference between Remastered and Kitty's Light, it's stark, isn't it? I mean... It, it is a little bit, but Kitty's like isn't the horse he once was. 
Um, he was going downhill a bit, and I, I don't think he's a horse that I could back to win a race, especially when um, he was beaten so far by Remastered in that race I just mentioned at Kempton. But yeah. re- really interested to get your two views um, on these races. What do you think? I have all, likewise, I've always been a fan of Remastered. I always used to say he used to finish. I was thought he's bound to win a race at some point. Had a little dip in his form. He was nowhere in quite a few races. And he's come back this year invigorated and looks the best version of himself. Um, and, you know, that, that win he had at Aintree, I was on board that day. Um, and Frodon won the Badger Beer that day as well. So, you know, that day's form is stacking up quite nicely. Um I will. I'll probably leave it. I don't like a lot in the race, but if Remaster won, that would be a nice the racing. Would win if Remaster won. Likewise, Frodon. Frodon's got an enormous following. Um, won Cheltenham Festival winner. You know, Briley Frost on board as usual. It will be a great occasion if he was to get the job done. Mm. Uh, I I actually think I actually agree with your two shouts, Josh. The only thing I would say, I, I, as you said, I think two amigos up at Newcastle could be um, interesting. And then, well, I, <laughs> Kempton is, is it's a difficult one. The only I, my my only worry is that would would remaster be giving too much away. But I'm not. I'll also second the French paradox thing with his jumping. No, I, there are very very few horses in trading. Who, who can ping a fence like that? And that means he doesn't matter if you can ping fences. You don't have to have that lightning quick acceleration. Well, gents, that's um, that's our preview uh, for this weekend coming up. We've got one uh, one more segment left for the show, and of course we have the biggest uh, biggest meet in all of. Well, I suppose in horse racing, in national, certainly in national hunt racing, with the Cheltenham Festival just, well, less than a month away, um, it's time that we start ramping up our, our preview, I suppose, of the festival. Um, we're going to start with just the horse, or even, I suppose, therefore race, that we're most looking forward to seeing. Ooh, good question. I would say both the Mayor's Hurdle and the Stayers Hurdle are two potentially really competitive races. I know, no, I know Josh doesn't agree. I'm not sure if you agree, Will. Stayers Hurdle, for me, I'm all over. I think that's going to be a superb race. And I think if the right horses turn up at the Mares, you'll have a really interesting race. Plus, Honeysuckle is running there now, so you're going to have the big media fanfare going to be all over that race. It's going to be an absolute loving. But which horse are you most looking forward to seeing? Um... From a punting perspective, I'm really intrigued with Chemical Energy in the National Hunt Chase. I feel as if the, if the cards fall right, he could be left facing absolutely nothing. If the cards fall right. Um, also, Jerry Colon in the Brown Advisory, if he goes, I think looks pretty unbeatable. I can say the same about Mighty Potter. From an emotional in the Turners, yeah. From an emotional standpoint, Paisley Park is my favourite racehorse of all time. I don't expect him to win the stairs hurdle. 
I can expect expect a place. He's pulled it out of the bag last year against all odds. So for me, an emotional standpoint, Paisley Park in the stairs. Josh, well, this is both from a punting perspective and the horse I'm most looking forward to seeing. And it's not a race I normally like. The Supreme Novices Hurdle, the first race of the festival. And last year, watching the Triumph Hurdle and the the race over at, um, over at Leopardstown at the Dublin Racing Festival, I became really interested in a horse called Il Ete Tomps. And really, really impressed, despite the fact that he didn't win those races. He was a staying on third behind Vauban at the Dublin Racing Festival. And he looked good at Cheltenham, but he was just in the wrong place on the track and ended up being fifth up the hill. But he wasn't a million miles away. And he's done really well this season. Looks like he's matured a lot. And despite the fact that Fasal Vega uh, was lame last time, I still think he would have won that race. I think he won that very, very well. And I think that's just experience and having learned the game from the best. He was my first anti-post bet um, of of the season before the, before last season even ended, really. So I, I I do stand to win if he wins, but more than anything, I'd just like like to see my opinion vindicated and him win really well. Um, fair enough. Uh, and so uh, I will say I'm I'm relatively sure of the supreme, but uh, of course. Not in Fasal Vega or Ilocia Tom, with his marine nationality and bolt up and win that one. Um, in terms of horse, in terms of uh, horse, I'm most excited by. I know it's a really boring thing to say in this current climate, but I am just genuinely so excited to see Constitution Hill in the champion hurdle. I, 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 I know, I know it's what you, everyone. No, it's fine. But I, I just, I just wish Honeysuckle was in that race as well because you just. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I mean, it could be special. It could be very special. It could could be. No, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to. Uh, no, I'm not going to we'll, say we'll, it. We'll leave that to the week before the festival, shall we? Yeah. All I'm going to say is, <laughs> I, I heard. All I'm going to say is, I heard Sam Tristan Davis describe Constitution Hill as an aeroplane in a world of cars. So, um... <laughs> well, well, there you have it. There you have it. Um, so there we go. Uh, in terms of race, I'm. Um, uh, there are lots of interesting ones. Uh, I'd be interested in the... Well, there was a set champion hurdle. There we go. Um, there are plenty of them. They're all interesting. Um, well, that's a little, little, a little uh, glimpse into the Cheltenham Festival. Very, very exciting stuff. Uh, well, chaps, thanks very much uh, for joining uh, us today. Um, and listeners, I hope you've enjoyed. This has been the very first episode of Life on the Bridal podcast. It's been, uh, it's been a fun start. Um, we're on, of course, as I'll repeat earlier, we are on the social media channels, Instagram, Twitter, sending your queries. We'll answer anything, well, within reason, we'll answer as much as we can. At, at, um, at, life, on the, at life on the Bridal. Yes, at Life on the Bridal. Um, you can join us next week where we'll be discussing the preliminary entries for the uh, handicaps at Cheltenham and as well as uh, Jack's first power rankings where he will be challenging a certain individual at Racing Post, we won't mention, uh, <laughs> who sometimes puts out some questionable material. Uh, please don't have <laughs>